You're listening to episode 52 of The Marketer's Mindset with Brian Burkhardt. Welcome back to The Marketer's Mindset, the podcast where we talk about how to create and sustain a powerful mindset to help you build a successful online business and lead a happy and abundant life. Guys, today's guest is super special to me, and I'm so glad I'm having the chance to share her knowledge and experience with you. She was born in Buffalo, New York, the same place where I was born and raised, and then grew up in the suburbs of Buffalo in a small town called Akron, New York, where she was raised in a great loving environment by two amazing parents and with an equally amazing younger brother and sister. Deciding to spread her wings after high school, she left her small town of Akron, New York, to attend college to study computer engineering, which she found was not for her and eventually failed out of. She went on to study hospitality marketing at Cornell University, which would prove to be much more prosperous of a decision for her. After college, she went into the corporate world of advertising, working for both small and large firms. Being a free spirit and not liking the confines of a corporate lifestyle, she made a bold move, listened to her heart, and gave up what society and everyone else expected of her, and packed up and moved to the Riviera Maya, Mexico in 1992. There she discovered a passion for diving, and the door to life seemed to open up for her. She went on to open a diving shop with her husband, where she did scuba diving and cave diving and was one of only two women technical divers in her part of Mexico at the time. Her love for cave diving led her to an amazing underwater world where she discovered new underwater caves and was one of the pioneers in the industry, or excuse me, pioneers in the history of underwater cave exploration and the Yucatan Peninsula of Mexico. Being a highly skilled and active explorer, she was inducted into the Explorers Club and Women Diver Hall of Fame in 2000. In addition, some of her amazing accomplishments include being published in the NACD Journal, having been included in articles on cave exploration in the Smithsonian and other magazines worldwide, was an IMAX stunt double in the short educational film called Journey to Amazing Caves, and has worked with several film projects with Disney Channel and National Geographic. If this was not a all-adventurous enough for one lifetime of a person, on a trip to Tanzania, Africa, with a friend, she decided that she, while she was there, she would climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Now, this is the highest mountain in Africa at an elevation of about, I think, 19,341 feet or so. With no training, she almost made it to the summit, climbing to an elevation of almost 1,800 feet. But what I find more impressive than that was that she did the climb with a purpose to raise money to establish a sewing school in Kahama, I think Kahama, Tanzania, in which she in fact raised enough money to have two classrooms and those classrooms soon became a part of the community. Though the story does not end her here, my friends. With her still passion for diving, she realized that the $400 a month she was making was not enough to live on. And as a life has its way of presenting us with opportunities along the way, 
a diving student mentioned the internet and suggested that they offer vacation rentals to dive groups and to the general public. So in 1996, she started her one-woman internet travel agency called LocoGringo.com, which is one of the very first online reservation services with the mission to inspire people to step out of their boundaries and push themselves to explore. Today, LocoGringo.com is one of the most comprehensive sources of accommodations and information you can find for the Riviera Maya. Always looking for a way to add more value to her customers and her community, she created a weekly podcast called Loco Gringo Mexico, where she interviews amazing locals who know the Riviera Maya and the Yucatan like only locals can. On the podcast, she and her guests share real tips to real places, insights on the local scene, culture, and cuisines from a local's perspective. She continues to travel and explore with her adorable little chihuahua, Chili Dog, and lives between the Riviera Maya in Mexico and in Houston, Texas. Please welcome the Empresario Hermoso <laughs> of the Riviera Maya and my amazing cousin, Kay Walton. Kay. <laughs> Brian, oh my God, you're making me blush here. Well, you've got some amazing things you did, and I thought it was just you know, appropriate to showcase all the amazing things that you've done and you're still doing. Wow. I was listening to this going, who's he talking about? <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, I will only, oh, it's me. Well, there's only one correction in all of that is that in when I climbed Killy, 18, it didn't go to 1800 feet. It went to almost 18,000 feet. So oh, I'm big, sorry. Like, yes. Yes. Hey, no, that's a big, but it's a big difference. So if anybody's going to go, Oh, she went to 1800 feet. Well, big deal. No, but almost eighteen thousand feet, um, and uh, that that's a little that's a little more notable than eighteen hundred feet. But yes. you're, you're, wow, wow, you've done your homework on me, and uh, because wow, I'm 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 flattered. Well, you you are uh, honored. I'm glad to have you on the show. We've talked about it before, and I'm just looking forward to talking to you and you know discussing all your experiences, what you've done in business, moving to Mexico, and all that amazing things. So the purpose of the podcast here, Kay, is to bring on amazing entrepreneurs like yourself and to have you share what you've learned um, and stuff that can be actionable to the listeners. I like to bring out things that they can actually listen to, take notes, and actually after listening to the podcast, they can apply in their life and their business to make it better. So because the podcast focuses on mindset, my first question to you, Kay, is how important do you feel mindset is to one's success? I think mindset, mindset, I think is very important, but for me, it's not like I set out and said, okay, this is where, you know, this is where my head's at it is that to me, I followed a passion and, and the mindset almost f came in on a, on a secondary basis where it's like, okay, great. This is my passion. This is where I want to go. And my mindset was just like, okay, this is what I need to do to get there. And, um, What's really interesting, I find that um, the learning doesn't stop. The mindset doesn't stop, and it, it, it's a con it's a continuous thing. And you know, for example, Loco Gringo, we, we've been in business now for over twenty years, and 
and it still sound it's still a startup. I'm still learning. I'm still seeing where where the where some of my mistakes were, where my mindset was when I was um, in my early 30s versus now when I'm in my early 50s. Um, so, to me, for my for in my circumstances, I think that my mindset and passion ran in tan in, in tandem. Does that make sense? Oh no, absolutely, and, and I love how you shared that because that's one of the things I think mindset is is something that you always got to work on. So you always start with your why usually, and I like how you brought up passion because there's a lot of different feelings on passion. I don't know if you ever listened to Mike Rowe, mm-hmm. um, you know, from Dirty Jobs. He has his view on passion where he feels that people shouldn't follow their passion, and a lot of people that I have on as guests really believe strongly that you should follow your passion. That by doing that, you're, it, it, it's, it makes it easier to overcome challenges because you won't give up as easy if it's something that you're really passionate about. You understand? No, I understand. I understand entirely. And I think that, you know, I had, I had other jobs over in my previous life, my life before Mexico. Um, I had other jobs and other, there were other expectations I was trying to follow in a mindset but that mindset was someone else's, whether you want to say it was family driven, society driven. Um, and it wasn't until I brought the two of those types of things together that helped move me in an incredible, in an incredible path that still continues to be incredible and challenging and everything. Um, but it's it, it i guess the mindset has to be able to ring true is what you know what's your truth what's your truth and and i think that people people can use that mindset if they are are honest and truthful with themselves and perhaps they're not passionate in their stuff you know maybe someone's passions in oil paint and they can't you know make a living on oil painting but their mindset to say i'm going to i want to you know i want to oil paint is that they're going to work their ass off to be able to buy the best canvas, the best oil paints, and they're going to paint on Saturdays or, you know, in their time off and pursue that because that's where their passion is. So, you know, mindset, it doesn't necessarily mean that passion comes ahead of mindset. It did for me, but um, it, it, I think it takes a mindset to be able to drive yourself forward in, in whatever you want to pursue. Absolutely. And it's like working out, you got to constantly do it. Yeah, and some days, just like going to the gym, it just really sucks. Oh, yeah. I know <laughs> what you're talking about. Now, I love what you said, Kate. It just goes right to the point what you were talking about. Um, you you were a guest on a mutual friend of ours and podcaster, Anthony Hayes, on his yep. Me, Myself, and I radio podcast. A little shout out to Anthony. Hey, Anthony. Um, yeah, uh, one of the creators also of the awesome podcast group. Um, Facebook group, Podcast Discovery Center. And thank you once again for um, connecting me with that group because I've met some amazing people yeah, on they're there. Cool. They're a great group of folks. Oh, yeah. I've had Anthony Hayes on the show, uh, Stephanie Callahan, Allie McAdams, Brian K. Wright. They're all from that group and just just amazing people and we're still connected. So thank you for that. That's That's been awesome. But one of the things that you mentioned on there and I thought was it's perfect for what you were just talking about, about when you made the move from the corporate world, leaving the States, going to Mexico, 
one of the things you said, and I love the analogy, you said it was like a disco ball reflecting back everything that everyone else expected from me. You felt like that. And I thought, wow, what a perfect analogy because so many people put these expectations on you. And unless we're true to ourselves, like you said, you're going to be living other, other people's expectations and not pursuing your dreams and your happiness. You're, you're living other people's lives. So I commend you on, on making the leap, but what, how did you do that? Was it just something you decided to do? Did it take a long time to make that decision and kind of break free from that? Well, actually it, it, that, that analogy takes, I actually had already been in Mexico um, working in Loco Gringo for numbers of years. And why I came up with that analogy was that there were pe- there were people, there was a group of people in my, in my world who wanted to see me as this successful entrepreneur. So I'm going to cocktail parties and shaking hands and kissing babies, da, da, da. And then there's another faction of people who want, who perceived me to be, that carefree spirit who gave it all up to live on the beach. And so I tried to perpetuate that, you know, that fantasy of, oh yeah, I'm just sitting here with my toes in the sand and a margarita in my hand. And, you know, and then, you know, so you've got all these different, in, in my, in my realm in this, I had all these different hats I was wearing to appease all of these segments of people. And most of these people were all people I was doing business with in one way, shape or form, even if it was on a, on a, on a public relations type thing. And, um, I wanted to be all things to all people. And I got tired. Um, it was exhausting. And I always used to, I always used to, to go home and, 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 and joke, um, with my husband at the time and be like, okay, I got to take my tourist personality off and, and settle down. It would take me a couple hours cause I get cranked up, but you know, I'm a, I'm a very, um, dynamic person or I can be, I'm an extroverted introvert, yeah. <laughs> which, you know? Um, so, you know, as I take, drop a bit of the, the, the entertainer, and that it would, I would I would be really tired and it would take take a bit. But what I found out is is I was trying to play the role that everyone assigned to me. You know, they were all the directors in the play saying, okay, this is the hat and the costume and this is how you're gonna act. So when I stopped doing that, is that I was tired and what I wasn't, I wasn't being honest with myself. Yes, there was a part of me playing the role that was very genuine and true, but as a whole person, it left me very depleted. And, um, and, and worn out. And, and it's just like, and I'm sure that, you know, some of the listeners know, especially if they go to therapy, 12 step, whatever their, whatever their thing is that they go to for a little extra help is that, you know, you kind of have to take care of yourself first. And I learned this lesson and relearn this lesson on a daily basis is that, you know, if, if you give, to everyone and you don't give to yourself first, eventually you're going to run, become depleted and not be able to give to others. And being in in the hospitality industry, it's a service business. And that is what we do is we give. And, um, and, and, and I love that. I mean, it just, my heart sings whether, you know, what, it doesn't matter whether I am giving advice to someone who's coming to the Riviera Maya in Yucatan, which I love, or I'm giving to help 
enable women in Africa or doing work with humane society or any of the animal welfares because I'm, you know, giving these, all of that is great. And I love it. But I also have, I have learned um, maybe a little late in the game that I have to give to myself first. I need to take that time. And now I don't feel bad if I got to, if I need to take a nap on Saturdays, I'm going to take a nap on Saturdays or, you know, even in the middle of the week, if I just need to go, you know what, I need a 20 minute nap because I need to recharge. And I think a lot of, especially people who are entrepreneurs, um, is that we get our passion and we get so caught up into building fixing. Um, we wear lots of hats cause we're a small, you know, we're all small businesses. So, you know, we're a web developer or we're a salesperson or we're, you know, pick a role, right. You know, bookkeeping is that we're doing all of these things and we cannot continue that pace. And, you know, one of the great things I, and I've mentioned it on other interviews that I've had over the years is that I always said, you know, um, if anything is anything worth doing is worth overdoing. And, and I was always really thrilled with myself that I could say, Oh yeah, you know, whatever, I, whatever is worth doing is worth doing to excess and thought it was great because I always had that go get it attitude and I want to grab it and I want to run with it. And I want to have that just run with that excess and, um, excess does not necessarily mean success because, excessive ways of life. And in, in, in one of the things that I have is, I mean, and I, and I'm total workaholic is that it's not sustainable. And it goes right back again to take caring of yourself and your needs that you can't give to others. You can't give to your business. You can't give to your family if you don't take care of yourself first. And, um, excess does not mean success where really you have to, you have to look at sustainability. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, and I know it definitely applies to me is go, 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 do, 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 and keep going and driving so hard. But eventually the car runs out of gas or you run out of gas or you wind up in therapy, um, or you wind up just having a, you know, complete breakdown. And so, um, it's, it, it's, um, one of those things where you really have to um, take care of yourself first before you can give into your business and give others. And you, and, and it has to be built into your mindset that you can do X, Y, and Z during the day and you can work 10 hours a day, but just give yourself then take an hour for yourself because that is what's going to help sustain you and take you for the, the long haul. Absolutely. Sorry, I, probably, I probably rambled too much on that one. No, you, you did perfect. And I hope the listeners, if you don't take notes during the show, I always encourage go back and re-listen because Kay, you shared, I mean, there's some key points that you just brought up in there that, and that I want to touch on that you mentioned. One, as we all know, as entrepreneurs, we're probably the worst at taking care of ourselves. Oh, absolutely. Because like you said, with the passion, you love what you're doing. And most of the time it doesn't feel like work. Not all the time. There's times where you don't like certain aspects that you're doing. But for most of the time, you're putting in the hours because you love what you're doing. You don't feel like you're working. So you you put in a lot of time. So you need to take care of yourself. And I love what you said is right now you've you've become aware of that. So you're if I need to take a nap, I need to take a nap. If I need to take the weekend off, I need to take a weekend off. Because if you're not giving to yourself, you're not going to have anything to give to others. And you're the person that loves to give like me. I love to share stuff. I love to help people. I love to see other people happy. 
and you give this so many different charities, which I commend you on. It's so awesome. But if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not going to have the energy or the health to continue to do those wonderful things. So it's so important. And I hope everybody listening seriously takes notes of what you said there. And then I, I, I love this. This should be a hashtag. Excess does not equal success. <laughs> and that, that is so value bomb right there. Hashtag that out. Excess does not equal success. And that's so important because so many times if you're not focused, you're not taking care of yourself, and you're just doing busy work and you're not doing what's important, that's not going to lead to success. You're going to look busy and like, man, that kid is a go-getter. But if you're not doing the right things, you're not going to be progressing forward. So I love how you touched on that. That was so cool. And the last thing that I really took away from that was sustainability. And I that's one of the the keys. Anybody can start a business and get things going, but to, to make it successful and to keep it sustainable, like you've done down there with first the diving shop and then now with uh, localgringo.com. I mean, you, look at you're over 20 years. That's sustainable. That is something <laughs> Or insanity. You, no, I mean, well, you got to be a little insane. I think Steve Jobs said that in one of the talks, didn't he? I he says so. you got to be a little insane to, to be an entrepreneur because most people look at you and say, there's no way you should be doing that. So you got to be a little crazy, you know? But I think that's so important. And, and I hope the people listening just took notes on that or, or go back and listen and just really listen to what you said there because – you did not ramble on. You hit a lot of key points, and I think that was awesome. Now, one of the things that, that I love, 2K, is it, it seems like over the years, and we kind of talked a little bit you know, off recording when we first came on about how we feel and stuff and our age and everything, and you brought up a good point that you feel more like in your 30s mentally because of the wisdom that you've gained. And I think you've now... And I don't know when it happened in your life, and I want to kind of touch on this, but it seems like you've got some good self-awareness going on right now and maturity with that. What did you do to start acquiring that self-awareness and what can you share to help people along the way? Cause I think self-awareness is so important. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, it was, I, I was out of the United States for a long time. I think it was eight or nine years I was out of the country until I came back. And I came back. My first trip back into the States was in 2006. 2007, um, my husband and I, at the time, we we, we bought a, a place we thought we would just get away to in Texas um, just when we needed to, you know, kind of, you know, just get away for a weekend. It was real close, easy flight out of Cancun. And one of the things I realized, which, which was the beginning of my awakening, if you will, is that, um, is that I had extreme culture shock and I went through experiences that people who are new to the United States went through. Um, and I really had, and I had challenges dealing with coming back to the United States and, um, and so I found I, I found a life coach, which was kind of a new concept. Now I know everybody's a life coach out there, but um, I found right. a life coach who actually hails from Trinidad, and um, I wanted to talk to someone who was use who had experience living outside of the United States to help me deal with my culture shock. And in that, 
in, in, in trying to deal with culture shock brought up other, other things, my, my ability to enable people, um, resentments and things I had because it, it, for anybody who's out there, who's, who's a people pleaser and then, ah, okay, and I, to me, there you go. There yeah. you go. Yeah. So, and, and, and it was funny because one day the therapist I was seeing years ago said, you're, you have an addiction problem. And I'm like, yeah. She said, oh, you're addicted to happy people, which is the truth. Mm-hmm. Addicted to happy people. I want to have a t-shirt. Um, and so I want to make people happy. And I will make Me people too. happy um, at my own expense, which goes back to – this goes back then to you if you're looking at taking care of number one yourself. And so I put other needs – everybody else's needs in front of mine, um, which then g- leads into a vortex of – resentment you're a mar- you become a martyr um passive aggressive and all of these things and it was through it was then through work and 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 actually then and and I have no shame in in sharing the fact that I went to codependence anonymous which people are going huh what um Actually, if everybody went to Codependence Anonymous, they'd understand why they they need to be an AA or NA. But um, codependent people just, you know, we uh, we adjust who we are and how we act and how we respond um, based on other people. It's happy, you know, it's that uh, addiction yeah. to happy people. So when went to twelve step for Codependence Anonymous, and it was more to to figure out why I was doing, you know. I mean, I'm sure all of us have actions that we keep doing over and over again, expecting a different result, and we don't get it. Which is the definition of insanity. Exactly. Um, so it helped me break some of those things down, and you know, um, and you know, go through and you make amends and things like that. And so it's created an awareness. Um, to where I'm not passive, passive aggressive anymore. And I'm not a martyr. And I, you know, I, I'm notorious for saying, you know, instead of making everybody happy going, Oh, stay out. Come on. We're going to go this and that. And we'll be out late. I'm going to go, you know what? I got to work in the morning. I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. It's six, it's eight o'clock. Love you guys, but I'm gone. I gotta, I gotta go take care of myself. I need to rest, whatever. Um, so that's kind of when this whole, so over the last 10 years is when this awareness, um, kind of started as a person and what is beautiful and how it comes back to, to business is that, um, I want my employees, I want happy employees who doesn't want happy employees and coming from, as you know, my mom was in human resources and she was, um, you know, just, she could be a bitch about it. And, and she knows it, you know, she would have, you know, she, sheep shears in her, in her desk drawer to cut people's hair if it was out of line or anything like that. She was very regimented in, in human resources and me on the other side, I'm kind of, oh, you know, very loving, giving. I want my staff to be happy. And I actually learned that, you know, this going back to the happy, you know, the, the addicted to happy people thing is that I found that when I gave a little direction and set reasonable expectations that my staff worked better as a team. They, they liked their job better. They knew where their boundaries were and boundaries are huge in all of this establish where the boundaries were. And, um, 
it allowed, it gave me the freedom to not be angry, to not build up resentment, to not play the martyr. Am I perfect at that? No, because I'm, I mean, me, I'm a, I'm a creative kind of gal, I mean, you know, sales, marketing, all this, those are the things I love. So, you know, I'm not necessarily, and I'll never be a great manager. I understand that that's a weakness of mine. However, um, over all of this awareness and really digging deep is seeing that I can't be all things to all people and I, nor can I be all things to my company. I can't, right. I, you know, I can't be the bookkeeper. I can't balance my checkbook. Why? I'm not going to be doing my books. Um, I can't, you know, I can't be the IT part person. I can't be the salesperson. I can't be all of those roles. I can have an understanding, but I have learned to try to surround myself with people on my team who 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 round out what Loco Gringo is. They bring to the party their skill set so that I'm not trying to to fake my skill set or to ta- or, or to, you know, try to make do with what I can do. Um you know, in that thing. So that it, it's all, it, it, it all kind of comes back and it really all plays, whether it's, you're looking at a person on a, on a personal side of life, or if you're looking on the business side of life, because I think many small business people is that we have, we, we have a very tight team of people working with us and it becomes very family like, and so yes. if you got some family dynamics at home that are a little strange and you got a tight, small team at work, guess what? You might be having some of the same issues at work. Absolutely. You know? Um, no, that's so true. Yeah. So the, I, I think, so I think the, the awareness, the awareness thing has, has definitely come along. And I think that, um, and I and I could be wrong, but I would dare say that my te- my team actually has respect for me because I've established boundaries. And I will say, so you go back to age and 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 how we're aging gracefully. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that uh, you know when we were twenty something, there were no boundaries. You know, it was just like we didn't you know we didn't realize anybody else had boundaries. We really didn't either, and it was just like you know wow. But I think Wild Wild West, <laughs> exactly the Wild Wild West, and uh, and um, I think that setting boundaries. Now I'm a little bit older and lots of experience in in my time that um, I've been able to set boundaries, and it's really super liberating. Yeah, absolutely, and, and that's the thing. Even with me having kids. You find out that kids are better when you set boundaries. You know, if you just let them run free and wild and there's no boundaries, they don't even like that. And, you know, they, they could say, yeah, I want to be free. I want to do what I want to do. But I'm telling you, with boundaries, you get that respect. They know where they stand. They can still have some freedom. But without boundaries, I to me, it, it's important. So like you said, a lot of things we talk about here relate with business and life. And that's what I love about it. Because when you start talking about these things, it's the same thing. And like you said, small entrepreneurs, you're going to have a small family helping you out. And it's like a family dynamic. You're very close. You know the people intimately. You know their personal lives because you're not in a corporation with thousands of people. And you need to have that. So I want to congratulate you on developing your self-awareness and and reaching out and getting a life coach. Because- you know, it, like you said, it's becoming more popular now, but 
people don't realize, they, they think it's a sign of weakness to ask for help or to go to a 12-step program or to go to counseling to see a counselor. They're not weaknesses. These are ways to improve ourselves to live a happier life. And why are most people miserable? Because they're, they're either trying to figure it out on their own or they're just trying to ignore it and just go through the robot mode and live daily the same life over and over, wondering why it's not changing, like you said. How come next year is not different? You know, why they set these goals for 2018 and it's going to be the same as 2017 and 16 and 15 unless they start becoming self-aware, start changing their behaviors and start overcoming some of these things that come with self-care and self-awareness. So I just love how you touched on it. I like how you're on the journey. And like you said, like you said, Kay, and I always say this too, we're never going to reach that. It's a lifelong thing. It's not a destination we're going to get to, but we're always going to try and improve and, and become self more self-aware each and every day. So I commend you, know, I, you and rock on with it. Oh, well, thanks. You know, I think that, you know, people, it, it, and I think people realize that like, oh, I don't need, I don't need support, whatever support looks like, if that's going to therapy or group session or, or, uh, 12 step or whatever. So go to these meetings and it can even be, a a, a, a faith-based, um, activity, but you know, sometimes you just need a different perspective than the people who are in the inner circle, whether that's employees or family or friends, because people have their perspective and they have their own shit going on. And, and sometimes just to get a different perspective of someone who's not going to be judgmental. And I think, and, and I think that's, um, and I think that's really, you know, sometimes it's really hard is that, you know, the people who love us, and they do love us unconditionally, but it doesn't mean that they don't make judgment <laughs> or believe that they know what's best for you. But to get an objective outside opinion of people who don't have any skin in the game, who who have nothing have nothing to to, to lose or to win by your success or failure, they they can provide some insight, and they also come from a different perspective, which I found really interesting. And I would encourage people to network. And I hate, and, and trust me, I hate cocktail parties. I'm one of these right. people who would prefer for her to be sitting in the corner and just kind of like being a voyeur. But one of the wonderful things, and I'll give people a little perspective for all, a lot of my years, in, a lot of my years in Mexico, I live on the end of a one horse town. We had one street and I had a lived. Wow. Little and I thought Akron was small. No, 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 no. Akron, Akron's a metropolis compared. And I will <laughs> say Akron, New York has both ends of Main Street are still dead ends. But um, I lived on the end of a little dirt road that ended in the mangrove, otherwise known as a swamp. Um, wow. And had a very, you know, and and, and, and I've, I've had a very, very blessed life and, and love my peace and quiet and everything like that. Was Shrek your neighbor? No, no, but we had a boat. The donkey. <laughs> no, more like raccoons and other critters. Oh, okay. Um, but the thing that I didn't realize at the time is that, you know, you, we're surrounded when you work in tourism, very similar probably to people who live in Orlando. Everybody works in tourism. Or people, especially in our area, were, are retired or looking towards retirement and everything, or they're living that li- that fantasy life on the beach, um, and that's all well and good, and uh, and everything. But I needed more for my gray matter. I'm I, I like the stimulus, I like the ideas and everything, 
And when I came back to the United States, that was one of the things that I was really thrilled about was that I met people um, and became friends with some of them who had followed different, a different path in life. They didn't know about tourism in Mexico. They didn't care about tourism in Mexico. They, you know, we didn't talk the same shop talk I talk when I'm in Mexico. And so their ideas, I would listen and take out, you know, some of those things, can I apply them to my business in tourism and travel? Can I, you know, um, and just gave me a different view of the world. And so now I, I, I look at opportunities to be able to be surrounded by people who come from a different walk of life, whatever that walk is, but because they, they give me new energy to come up with ideas that I can apply to my vacation business that I can get excited about that I might've not thought about if I was just sitting at the bar at happy hour on the beach with everybody I know for the last 25 years. No, you just, you said something that's so crucial, Kay. And I think the listeners really need to take note of this. Um, are you familiar with Jay Abraham, the marketer? Uh-uh. Okay. It, it, the guy's phenomenal, but he's just worked in, I don't know how many thousands of different business industries. And the thing is when you're, when you're in whatever industry, like for example, your industry, you know, there's a lot of norms in there, a lot of people doing stuff the same way. And when you can learn something from a different, totally different industry, it could be trucking that you could go meet somebody and they have something and you go, you know what? I want to try that, apply that into my internet uh, reservation business because that might work. And now you bring a whole new dynamic in that just creates more value for your customers and maybe improves your business, but it came from a totally separate industry that you would never think of looking to. So I love how you go outside because I think that's so important. And that's what Jay taught is he would learn things from these different industries and apply it to marketing and found out that a lot of concepts would translate to other markets and industries. So I think that's huge that you do that. Um, the other thing that really um, plays off of this or that can be a hindrance in, in having that open mind um, to ideas and different approaches is that you have to put your ego aside. And I say that because I, as I sit here today, I can see where my ego, um, my, my, my ego was prevented me from listening or being open to, um, to different ideas, different approaches, uh, a different way to get from A to B um, when I thought, well, no, I know it. I've been doing this forever. I know it all. And and it wasn't necessarily, it was just, I, and it, I can say that now looking back. Yeah. Hindsight's twenty twenty, And I, I really love to think that I'm not an egotistical person um, on, a, on a face-to-face basis, but I can see where my ego kind of was a bit of a, a, a hindrance in some circumstances in how I was doing things. And, uh, and, and, you know, there's some things I probably, I could have done better or smarter, smarter than, than what I did. And, you know, that it, it's, it's really hard, especially being an entrepreneur is this is my baby. Yeah. 
anybody's business. You just they're, 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 they're the baby. Yeah. And, and, and so you're just like, my child is perfect. I know what's best for my child. Um, you know, don't give them peanut butter and jelly, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, the wooden spoon is perfect. And actually that only goes, if you haven't been in our family, this is that the wooden spoon was appropriate, but, um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, the spoon. Uh, yeah. So for my mom who's listening and that, and my brother and sister, um, but you know, the, 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 the ego and, or just thinking, I know better for my child. I know better for my business, for this, for that, for my employees. And, um, it's once again, you have to kind of be humble and go, okay, is this, is this the best? Or at least listen to other ideas. And, and, and I have to do that on a daily basis. And I still catch myself going, no, I'm not doing it this way because we've done it this way for 15 years and it's worked great. Well, it's worked great, yeah, why, but that's because- Why fix it if it's not broken? Exactly, exactly. So I'm still using a piece of software from 1999 that I love. Wow. I know. Um, but I don't, and I don't, and none of us want to change. I mean, change is difficult yeah. for everybody, especially if you're in the internet technology industry in any way, shape, or form. It doesn't matter what it is. If you're involved in the internet, um, the technology is increasingly um, moving at a faster pace and, you know, um, and, in evolving and, and I, and I look at, you know, when we started and, and some of the things that we applied and we were very innovative at the time and, um, we got caught up in the success of those things that were so hot and innovative in the mid nineties in the world of internet that, um, we kept riding with them and, in, in, in not progressing. And also we didn't have the money too, but as things got more and more expensive, but in some of the innovations that we didn't look at, and then we wind up playing catch up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. And so, I, so I think, you know, the, the, I guess humility, humility is definitely necessary, but I will say as any entrepreneur will go is that there, there has, there is a little bit of ego in it and you need it. I mean, the, the ego protects you on some stuff too. So it's not totally give it all up, but, um, you know, uh, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, there, there is a, a bit of the ego factor there and that, that, a, that alpha, that alpha personality definitely needed because being an entrepreneur is not easy. Right. No, you, you said a key thing there, and I think humility makes a great leader. You you need to have control. You need to be respected. But to have humility allows you to, one, like you said, become self-aware and know what your strengths are. And then, hey, I'm not good at accounting. I'm not good at um, technology and stuff and hiring those things out where as an entrepreneur, like you said, you wear a lot of hats. So you try to do it all. And you, it's hard to let go because it is your baby. You've created this thing. And to have the humility and awareness, I think, is so important. Um, it, it's, a, it's a balance. Like you said, you got to have humility, but you got to have an ego. You need to give you, empower your employees, but yet you need to have boundaries. So there's this dance that you need to do as an entrepreneur and leader of the people to make it successful and to make them feel like they're a part of it. Um, I interviewed a, a guy last time in my last episode named Michael Burnoff, who's just awesome. He's out here in Scottsdale, personal development guy. 
I know that name. He's cool. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, Yeah, he's he's great. He's look him up afterwards. I'll I'll put links in the show notes um, to check it out. But I'll send you to. But he he told a story of someone he worked with, and he got this from a guy who owns a gym, a weightlifting gym. You know where you go work out Mm -hmm. in a small midwestern town. And gyms are hard. Everybody's competing. It's based on price. People leave and and do different things. And he came from a a philosophy from, I think it was the Marines or the Navy SEALs, something like that. He had a background in it. And Michael termed it the focus code. This guy called it the code or something. But what he did, because Michael's like, how do you travel so much? You got this business there. How does it run with you traveling the world and going to different states and not always being there? And what he said, I thought was so cool. He said, I have a philosophy that everybody that comes in that I share with them. And and the philosophy was, what is going to make this experience for our customer the ultimate experience? And he said, what this overriding principle or this focus code did is it alleviated him from having to answer little small problems throughout the day. Like someone would say, you know what? Someone just came in and they have a cousin that's here for a week and they want to bring their cousin to the gym. And he would say, well, does this enhance the experience to say, yes, let's let the cousin come for a free week. Will that make the customer happy and make them want to tell everybody about our gym? Yeah. Well then do it. You don't need to ask me. So with that overriding principle of empowering the people to provide an awesome experience, freed him up from stupid little questions because they would just ask themselves, is this going to enhance the the experience? Now, granted, if it's a $10,000 decision or something, they're going to reach out. But these daily little things that you have to manage and little fires could easily be avoided by this overriding principle and mission. Do you kind of run something like that with your people and empower them? Because I see you travel and do things, and I know you've got to have something set up in place to give you that freedom and lifestyle? Mm, that's a really good question. Um, I do. I mean, I come, uh, I come from a bit of a philosophy. I, I want to say the customer's always right. I like, I would like to think that. And then a lot of times right. they are, but um, I am willing to, I mean, I'm willing to take one for the customer. And I really consider that we're customer advocates and, and what that really means, especially in the hospitality industry and you're going to another country and stuff is that, um, you know, you want to be able to turn to someone you can trust and say, Hey, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, you know, I'm, I, I've got whatever experience, you know, and I need help and they don't, you know, someone that they can turn to, they can trust. And we try to perpetuate that. And if someone has an issue, then I'm going to just pick something random and let, let, let's say, they got locked out. They couldn't get, you know, whatever, something of that nature. And they were tired and crabby, uh, you know, they traveled all day, really cranky. Then, you know, if that means we're going to give them a gift certificate or buy them breakfast somewhere or do something nice for them, that's what I want to do. And I don't care that it's out of my pocket because the value of that investment means more to me. And it's not so much, oh, yes, I would love word of mouth. Go out and tell all your friends, oh yeah, local gringo is great. Yes, we are. But I'm about the people and the experience. 
And I love the area so much, and so does all of my team, is that we want people to have a fabulous experience. And it's, you know, sometimes it's a little hard in in a in a destination like Mexico, um, because we we have challenges, because the electric goes out, because the internet is not always reliable, because it's a, you know, some of these utilities are government run. You know, we can't control if there's seaweed on the beach. Um, and, 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 you know, some people get upset about that. So the thing is, is that what can we do to help with that experience? And my team pretty much knows that, you know, if it's under a certain dollar value or something like that, just do it. And they do. And I, the other wonderful thing I did because I stretched myself too thin is I, um, and I just recently, um, made one of my team members, um, operations manager. And what's okay. beautiful was that she has very strong skills in details. She's very analytical. She's very like me. I'm very emotional. Yeah. You know? Um, and she is very pragmatic and everything. And she cares about the customer deeply, but she's also, you know, she, she helps manage those challenges, um, on a day-to-day basis and comes to me and says, Hey, just a heads up. This is coming down the pike just to give me a heads up on it. Or, you know, maybe once in a while she'll say, what's your thought on this? And I'll give it to her. But I, and and even it's funny because I have people, especially, you know, people who contact me even say, Hey, we want to make reservations. And I say, you know what? We'd love to help you. But let me tell you, I'm going to hand you off to my team because they're going to do a better job at it than I am because I'm not doing it on a day-to-day basis. Um, right. and, and so intimately with every single property, I know all the properties that we work with, but the thing is, is that there's fine details and stuff um, that now that I'm kind of like in a management and I do a lot of the marketing and stuff, I don't have that hands-on experience on the on the daily level on, on the properties and things. So I hand that off and that has freed me up. Um, quite a bit. And I still, and that's the nice thing about an internet business. Anybody who's got an internet business, they know that you got a computer, you got internet, you're in business. It doesn't matter um, where you are in the world, you can still do it. But because I do, I have a very um, strong work ethic. And I also believe, you know, so we're, oh, you know, we work nine to five or eight to five, depending on your time, you know, time zones and everything is that I do like to be accessible to my team. Um, through a good part part of the day, um, because we need that connectivity. I don't want. I don't like just floating around out there without having that connectivity. I need them. They ground me and keep me in touch with you know some of the some of the things that go on um, on, on a on a on a big picture scale. And then of course I'm always there um, if when it gets down to that you know really either really serious stuff or very expensive stuff. Um, if there's something that they just don't feel comfortable making that decision, I always want my team to know that I've got their back. And if they make a decision, um, even if I don't agree with it, I will still support them in that decision and work with them, whatever that results of it is, I'm going to be with them. I, I do. I, I respect what they do and I respect the decisions they make. And, um, they may not necessarily be the decision I would have made, but I will stand behind the decision that they made. And where I will say we're one business is that we try to live up to our word 99.9% of the time to me, integrity is our biggest, um, 
integrity and trust are our biggest assets. And you know what? They don't show on the bottom of a P&L statement. And I don't care. I mean, and, and maybe that sounds bad. She's going, oh, she doesn't care what the P&L says. You know, it, I, I rather have my integrity. I want to go to bed at the end of the day and know that myself and my team, we did the best job we could. And maybe we still had an unhappy customer or, you know, maybe things didn't work out the, the way we would have liked them to. But if we did our best and we were honest and, um, and everything and respected all the parties and belong, that's, that's my bonus in my week, in my paycheck, in my, in my years that I have integrity and you can, and people, you know, I'm sure people could say, Oh, X, Y, and Z. But the thing is, is that I have integrity and people know that. And, um, that, that, that has, that has infinite value to me. No, I, I agree totally. And I think with you having your uh, employees backs, that just, that just builds a strong relationship with them. It empowers them, which I think is huge if you want loyal employees. So I think what you're doing in your philosophy is great. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why you've been successful. And like you said, you know, helping out with the customers and going that extra mile, it doesn't have a line on, on the profit and loss statement, but it does affect the bottom line. It does. Because it results in the people coming back, word of mouth and growing your business. So there's not a line for it on there. <laughs> but it does reflect in that bottom dollar. Trust me on that. That's, that's awesome. And a bit, you know, I, now, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go no, ahead. I was Finish just going to say, saying. you know, and when it comes to that, that, you know, that intangible on the bottom line is that you get good word of mouth. Um, but what it, uh, what we also gain, which is sometimes hard to measure is, um, is, is brand ambassadors. Um, you know, we have customers that we've known for over 20 years who've become very good friends of ours, people who have done who, I mean, we've, we've had all sorts of people, um, who stepped up and have done work for us, have been part of our team, not drawing a paycheck, not because, you know, they were hoping for a free vacation, which they didn't get. They did it because they liked what we did. They loved, they believed in what, what we stood for um, and what we stand for. Yes. And that, and and they wanted to be part of that. And we still have people to this day who are involved with the company and know they're not on my payroll, but they're, they're out there and supporting us. And they, they, you know, will help us if we need help. They'll celebrate in our successes, um, bounce ideas off them. And, and, and that's just something you just, you can't buy. Right. I, I, I hope you understand how powerful that is and I'm proud of you and I hope you're proud of yourself for developing such an awesome business. That's not just a business, but part of the community where people want to back you. Like you said, they believe in you. So that's definitely something to be proud of. That's, that's super awesome to do that. That's great. Now, we all experience failures or what I like to call undesired outcomes. <laughs> what are one or two of the biggest lessons that you've learned from your failures? Oh, things I have learned from my failures. Um, wow. You know, this, this is... I don't know if I could, this definitely I would be considered, I guess, a failure uh, in in some circles, and um, I would have to say one of the failures was 
my obsession with the business. I allowed business to be a contributing factor in the failure of my marriage. Um, and actually I've been divorced for a while and I haven't even, it's never really been, it's never made it public or anything like that. Um, I did not put it on Facebook and, and we were very amicable. Um, yeah, I just, you know, I whore out a lot of my life and I'm happy to, but that was one personal thing that, um, I think Gary and I wanted to keep to ourselves. We wanted to be private. We're, we're in, it, and it's very amicable. We couldn't have asked for better ex partners. Um, but we, 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 we let, we let the business, what it is. We took it to bed with us. Um, and, any of the stresses that went along with that were part of our, were just part of life after, after, after quitting time. And that, that was a failure, um, in my, in my eyes. And, you know, we were both, you know, some, there were some, you know, some, I don't want to say advantages, not advantages, but, um, you know, life, life took different turns afterwards, but I, um, I think that, especially people who are in relationships and especially people who have kids. I can't imagine, I can't imagine doing this and having kids. Um, yeah, not, not growing it from the dungeon. beginning and, you know, from, you know, having no phone line and starting an internet business and, and trying to do all that. We de it definitely was an adult venture that could, didn't have room for children um, aside from several cats and a dog. Um, and birds chili dog. and chili dog. Um, so that the, I, I think that people need to take that one of the valuable assets that an entrepreneur has is the people that they surround themselves with in terms of immediate family, whether that's a boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, significant other, um, whatever label you want to put on that is that that's, that's an asset that may not, that, that does contribute, um, to your well-being in life, and um, and, and and so that 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 I would that would I probably say is one one of my one of my biggest failures. Um, and you know it is what it is, and great learning lesson out of it. But yeah, and that's what you got to take away from it. I mean, I've I've gone through a divorce myself, um, so I know what you're talking about. Um, it sounds like yours was more amicable uh, from the beginning than mine was. Mine took years and years and involved small children. Um, it's something we could talk <laughs> about, but it was a long four-year ordeal just to get divorced. Um, so um, I understand and I, I appreciate you, you know, bringing it up and being honest because it's a real factor. If, you know, most of the entrepreneurs out there, there's all different ages. Some are in relationships as far as, dating, some may be engaged, some may be already be married. And it's something you got to think about. And especially if you're working with your spouse. Well, this is the thing. Yeah. And like you said, yeah. the business does not leave at all. There's no leaving it work at home where your spouse doesn't really understand what you're doing or anything. No, you're talking about it 24 seven, whether it's dinner, a dinner date, um, just at home trying to relax. It's always on your mind. So it's something, but to learn from it and to understand it. And I'm glad you guys have the wonderful relationship that you do have now. Um, I think that's awesome that you guys were mature enough to, you know, see that, Hey, it didn't work this way, but it doesn't mean the friendship and the love that we still oh, have for each other and, and we can learn from well, it. So 
kudos Thanks. to you. Thank you. And and I will t- say this, especially to people who are running small businesses, especially if you're running them with your spouse or partner, whatever, is that like for us and, and, and being a very small business, we all worked in the same space and everything like that. Um, is that imagine if you, in, in, you know, there's, if, if you have parents, if your parents ever fought in front of you about in front of you when you were a child and you're walking around on eggshells, right? So when you're a couple mm-hmm. running a business and you're fighting in front of your employees, they're walking around on eggshells. Yep. Same, same thing. thing. Um, so, you know, I, I, you know, once in a while I'll joke, I just say that, yeah, mom and dad are fighting. And I say it now and just, um, mom and dad fighting in front of the kids. And, um, and I do think my, my employees are, they're all adults and their children because I love them all dearly. And, um, and of course want to protect them like my children, um, if I, if I right. had them. Um, so I think that it's important for couples working together, that they're aware of the dynamics because what they bring to the party at work, um, can make or break your business. And I, I can see now in retrospect, some of the toxicity that came into, that came to work with me in the morning. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and, and, it, and it took time and it, it affected the corporate culture, right? You know, it's, and it's funny. I laugh when I say, Oh, corporate culture, you think we're this big corporation there's a small business, but the, there's a culture there. And, um, in, in retrospect, I can see, I can see where some, some of the things, some of our personal life, um, definitely came to work with us and, and, and took, and took its toll. Um, and, and it took some time, it took time to repair that. And, um, so that, that I definitely just, you know, it comes back to awareness again. And those things is you get either make time to work things out, but have a, a, a way of communicating with your partner so that you don't bring the disagreements, um, over leaving dirty dishes in the sink that you're not bringing that to work, you know? <laughs> right. It, it goes like what you said too, Kay, is as far as setting boundaries, you need to do that in the relationship yeah. too, especially if you're business partners, what are the boundaries? What are we going to discuss about the business and when are we going to shut it off and have that talk ahead of time. But again, a lot of stuff comes with experience. So I appreciate you sharing that because there's a lot of listeners out there that may be going through that right now. And this gives them an opportunity to reflect and to sit down and maybe make a plan where they can avoid an undesirable outcome or whatever because of it. So I appreciate you sharing that. That's, and it, and that's if, my, and if my ex-husband's listening, Gary, I still love you. Put it out there. Cause he's, he's still a dear, one of my best friends and we get along great and everything like that. And we've had a, a, just an amazing journey. Um, other failures it's, you know, it's really hard. I, I think, you know, I don't know if I'd call it a failure, but I, I gave my passion for cave exploration became, mm-hmm. um, I gave up cave exploration for digital exploration, which is great. It was another type of exploration in a different realm. Um, but I have not been back in the water and um, I miss, I miss the exploration and what that gave me. And I kind of, I, I don't know if I would definitely a failure in not following that passion. I exchanged one thing for another one obsession for another, but, um, I definitely, and I even get choked up just thinking about, you know, um, failure to find balance in terms of my work and my passions and work, my job, you know, Loco mm-hmm. Grego certainly is a passion for sure. 
Um, right. Another, I guess, failure or failure averted, and this is always, um, is that the, a lot of people will, will this could resonate or strike a or strike a chord with, is when. You're You have a bad year. You have a bad month. You have a bad week. I, I would I would like to say that I never had fears, um, and yeah, but you didn't have those. Oh, fears? No, I, you had a pretty strong. No, I no. Well, that. I had those fears. Trust me, I was on the phone crying. My mom. <laughs> uh. No, I had no. I, I I did have the. That was the chair moving. I didn't fart. <laughs> Um, I, I, oh. <laughs> sorry. Uh, we have the first, my first podcast. No, it was fart. not a fart. It was the chair. No, it's not there. Now it I got to look for another guest to fart. Um, no, you know what? Um, and I turned it around and it was hard and, um, it pushed me to the edge where I just thought it really, you know, ready to check out just saying, you know what? I'm done playing this game. I'm, I'm ready to, um, take my life on this. I, I can't do this anymore. Um, wow. yeah, yeah. And it was, and really, it really, really, was, it really was tough where you just sit there and go, I can't get, I can't get through this. How am I going to do this? How am I going to make this happen? Um, what was the, what was this, the switch I think is really key. What, what made you, not go to that extreme and just kind of change the gears. I mean, you're flowing in one direction and how does one other than, you know, being aware of it, how do they switch and and have that hope that it's going to go in the other um, direction? You know what? The th- <laughs> I, I have a horseshoe up my ass. Um, <laughs> no, you know what? I just finally, and, and, and this was, it came into boundaries and not saying yes to everything and to everybody and, and just thinking, oh, you know, I had to, I had to face, I had to face some reality, um, dug down, turned it around, really turned it around. Did you have your life coach at this um, time or were you doing this on your own? No, I, no, I, I, I was in, I was, I was going to therapy for sure. Um, and this also kind of caused, oh, okay. So yeah. So support. I had, I had some, you know, I definitely had some support. Um, but this was the, the funny thing. And it was, there was someone who said something to me, my brother, who was, um, some, some CEO guru dude now, uh, my little brother, <laughs> yeah. um, he, the comment was made either he said it to me or it came through, um, his wife to me and said, if you were going to turn it around, you would have already done it by now. Oh, hmm. Oh, wake up call. Hmm. Well, Slap yeah, just like, face. Oh really? Really? It, to me, that was like throwing the, gaunt- the gauntlet down. And I'm like, all right, yeah. little brother, I'm going to show you. Um, and, and, and I'm not saying, and, I, and I'm not, I'm not a big supporter of tough love, but that comment that he made because I respect him so much in business. Well, if you were going to do it, you would have done it by now. Oh, really? Well, fuck you. I'm going to go do it now. 
And, and, um, and that was what I needed. Turn everything, I mean, turn stuff around and everything and, um, and moving along. And you got to understand though, there's also challenges, you know, one thing that people need to be aware of is, so you have that challenge. So you can contract, you can control, you can, like when you're looking at, looking at a money situation, it's black and white, you know, income expenses, da, da, da. And there's a bit of control that you have there. But there's also some control on things um, that you or some things, some circumstances that you don't have control of, and you just have to be ready for them. That can affect finances. That can affect your employees. And that's looking at things like the political situation, right? Um, we had swine flu. Yep. Swine flu that affected tourism. We had no control on swine flu. Um, hurricanes, no control over hurricanes. And that's the other thing for everybody in entrepreneurs, we tend to be a control freak and, Oh, I can fix this. I can do this. I can do that. Um, that you finally have to realize there's some things you cannot control. You can't control the weather. You can't control swine flu. Um, you know, I can go on a list of things I can't control. Um, right. But you can control control your your mind mind, and and try to make smart steps. Um, that keep you solvent, smart steps that keep you busy, smart steps that keep you, um, keep your, keep your team on focus, keep your mission on focus and everything. You can still do it. And maybe you can scale back. I mean, my God, if I was at 2007, I'd be sitting back, you know, smoking a a, a big Churchill cigar, um, with a glass of champagne or a bourbon neat, you know, going, wow, this is great. And then the economic crisis happened in 2008, 2009, which just turned everybody upside down and no control yeah. of that. Exactly. Um, and really, really rocked my reality. And there was ego. Oh, well, nothing can stop us now in 2006. You know, there wasn't a lot of the big companies that are out there now in my sector, but, um, so, you know, in, in, in some of these failures and like finances that you start looking at different avenues and saying, oh yeah, I don't need this. You can trim these things down or I can't control this and income is down this month. Okay. Well then let's some creative ways, whether it's for marketing and promotions or maybe someone, you know, whether that's giving people some time off that they really need and you can give them time off without pay for a couple of weeks get and renegotiate, you know, and work on stuff like that. But, um, that was a really, it was a really tough learning, sir, learning experience for me. Um, but like the Phoenix, I came out of the ash, uh, out of the potential ashes. I kind of felt like, you know, the cartoon, uh, uh, Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner, and, you know, he's flying oh, yeah. the airplane and it's headed to the, it's headed to the ground in the desert and he pulls back on the stick, pulls back on the stick and he just misses crashing. I always had that vision. <laughs> I was pulling back on the stick and yeah, avoided yeah. crash. Nope, <laughs> yeah. Going, going down. down, going down, yep. whoop, bring that nose up. And that's what we did. Um, last last minute. minute pulled together. And that was years ago now. And I just look back and go, Wow. And the other thing I will say, um, and I, and this is in all seriousness is that, um, at that time as I, as I comment and I make it sound light of uh, kind of light hearted, but, um, very serious, very, very serious about taking my life, um, on a couple of different occasions because of stress, because of business. 
And now in retrospect, I can sit back and say, hey, I'm really glad I didn't do that. And I really have strength. So and I. And so <laughs> many, not just me, but other, tons of other people well, are glad too. And, and, so and, I commend oh, you well, for going thank through you, it. Thank you. But it's one of those, it's one of those things and it is really tough. And there could be people listening who are just like, but I can't do it. It's that get some help. Call someone, reach out to someone yes. because no, you can't necessarily go it alone because the monsters in your head are too overwhelming. When you're at that point, you are not your yeah. best friend. You are not supportive. And all you're doing is beating yourself up and, and making yourself hopeless. hopeless. So you need you need a, a perspective and, and nothing against family and friends. They're there to support you. And you need that. If you do have that, great. But you need an unbiased third-party perspective that can share, that that deals with it and can give you advice and help you do it. You know, the family's there to love you and support you through it, but it's hard to to get advice if someone hasn't gone through it and a professional deals with it. So they're there to help you guide it out of there. And like I said, it's not a sign of weakness. It's We don't go through this life alone. We all make it not on our own, but with the help of others. And, and when you're, whether it's our mental or our business. You know, or, when, when you're in that mindset, and you, and you, whether it's fighting depression or suicidal tendencies and everything, when you're in that mindset, you're of no value to your company. You are no value to your family. You are no value to yourself because you can't, you're not in a mindset. You're not, you're not, you're not right. And, um, and I will say is that there is nothing in business. And I say this and I hope to God, I don't have to replay this in my head later in life, but there is nothing in business that would get, that should take you to, that should that really warrants really checking out of the game. Um, it's business and, and yeah, you know, especially being an entrepreneur, we put our heart and soul into every day, every keystroke on that computer, every call that we make, um, every customer that we work with because we, we love our customers and everything. But in the end, life is so precious is that there's nothing, there, there's nothing in business that would warrant taking your life. There's new businesses to start. I've started lots of them and not finished a lot of them. I'm a great project gal. I'm a serial entrepreneur. Um, and so there's, you know what, if this business doesn't work out, then there's another one that you can start again. You'll get, but you get back on your game and all this other stuff. But please, I always tell people to reach out because it can be really hard and everybody thinks it's really, you know, there's a lot of people out there with their glossy covered books out there and PDFs that you can download and read and inspirational tapes and everything. Um, and, and that's great, but you know what, being an entrepreneur is, can be really hard and it can be really thankless. And, you know, there's just some days you just can't, you, you just need a little help and you can't always pick yourself up by your bootstraps. And, um, you know, I, I definitely encourage people to say, you know, if you, if you need someone to help, get some help, even if it's just to go to, you know, you get a 12 step, it's free. And it's not so much that they're dealing about business or anything, but you just get a different perspective. Even if you go and you can rant. They, they can't judge, you know, thank you for sharing, um, you know, and, and, and it's amazing. You just dump your, dump your shit in front of a circle full of, room, of people and go home at the end of the day and you feel so much lighter. So I, I'm not, I don't mean to get too preachy on the whole get help thing, but I've seen, you know, when we talk about failures or near failures, 
and some of those things is I try to take the lessons out of that because that could have been a serious failure that I would have not bounced back from had I not had I not gone out and gotten help. Oh. No, I'm glad you did. And it's, <laughs> it's awesome. And thanks for sharing. Cause it, there's, you know, it's one of those things where at the time people think they're alone and that they're only one, the only one going through it. So, you know, I don't know what listeners here, unfortunately, hopefully no one is, but they're, you know, the odds are there's someone that's going through it. And, uh, for you to share that message well, is important. Oh, All right. I want to respect your time here, Kay. So I got Two last questions here. But before I ask those, what is the best way for the Mindset family to reach out if they want to connect with you, um, to, you know, learn more about you as a person or how you, you know, you're always there to support people. Also with your um, fantastic gringo.com, which we'll have in the show notes, reservations and stuff. Ah, What's best the best way, way to, to connect? connect? Well, um, the easiest email address for everybody to remember is k at kwalton.com. And that's with an E-N, not an O-N. And Brian will have that in today's show notes. Um, <laughs> that's my best. Yes. That's my. That's the best email address to connect me to. And please, if you email me and you don't get a response back, just give me a little bit of time because I'm juggling lots of coconuts at the moment. Um, so that's the best way to get a hold of me. And of course, um, you can always come and connect through our website, um, locogringo.com. And you send a message through there, through our contacts and things like that. And my team will make sure that I get your message. So there's that. Perfect. Love it. What is the impact that you want to have through your business and oh, your podcast? My okay, so that's the, the, that's a great question. Um, so for those of you who don't know the Riviera Maya, which is south south of Cancun, um, it started around nineteen ninety seven, nineteen ninety eight. Before then, it was just a rural road along a bunch of jungle with some beach on the left hand side of the on the east side of the highway, and. Um, we have a lot of companies that have come in, a lot of big hotels, you know, um, big business names, brands you would know and, and, and recognize. But the one thing that we found is that so many people came to the area back in the 90s and early 2000s, and they connected with a lot of local people, local Mexicans and Mayans, the expats from whatever country they came from. People connected with them. They loved the stories and people felt connected to the people who live there, considered them friends. Well, as mm -hmm. things developed and we became the Riviera Maya and a lot of these big brands have come in and there's big resorts and everything, more and more people, people's stories and that person, that one-on-one -on -one connection with people has dissipated. And I mean, you know, part of us, you know, we're all on text message and email and everything like that as opposed to the telephone. And so, my objective with our podcast is that there are so many amazing stories. It is one, a, a audio journal, if you will, of some of the most amazing people who live there. We have authors and famous authors and chefs and, you know, world renowned divers and all sorts of people from all walks of life who are there. And so it's a way to document their journey. And that's a lot is, you know, what's your journey? How the hell did you end up here? Um, so it's that, but it is also to put a voice with a suggestion. So that if you're coming to the area, you want people to have a more authentic experience 
as as opposed to something more homogenized. Um, and, and so we want to get those recommendations out and to help people. Okay. Maybe you're not seeing these people at the beach bar as you used to, because, you know, I used to hang out at the beach bar when I was in my twenties and early thirties, but then I started working and now I'm never at the beach bar. Um, and so I don't get that connection time because life goes on and there's a changes. So the podcast is to allow people to get, to hear the voice, to hear the stories, to make that connection. Um, with people who are the area, because I honestly believe that, you know, we live in an amazing natural environment between the beach and the jungle and the cenotes and everything, but the people make up the colorful fabric of the Riviera Maya and Yucatan. And I really want to shine the light and give the opportunity to those people who may not always, who may not have that opportunity to talk to visitors coming to the area, um, have a story, but they've never had an opportunity to tell it. And so that's really what the podcast is meant to do. Um, I really enjoy it. And there's people who I've known for 20 some years and I'm finding out more about them than I've ever known. And it's great. And it's also been a wonderful opportunity for me to meet people that because we live such busy lives now um, that I won't have the opportunity to meet otherwise or to sit down and have a coffee or a margarita with. So that that's kind of why I took on this podcast, as far as I know, it's the only one of its kind for the Riviera Maya. It's in English. Um, and we've had great, we've had wonderful, wonderful success and great feedback on it. So there you have it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's, it is great. I encourage everybody to check it out. Um, Kate does a great job. Um, and there's some amazing people on there, like she said, authors, um, professional divers and you'll really get a flavor for the culture down there. Um, especially if you're, you know, thinking of vacationing and everything to go to that area, you're going to hear from the locals. So you're getting that perspective of not the toury stuff where you get the tourist guide stuff, but the actual people living there. So definitely that will be in the show notes and I encourage everybody well, to check thanks, it out. It's, it's great. You do a really good job on that case. So Shoot. that's awesome. Last question for you. What is the final message that you want to share with the mindset listeners about whether building a business, running a successful business? Or oh, just man. You know what? It, it's just got, the journey starts with that first step. And, and that's it. You got to have that determination and that mindset that you, you want to try it and do it. And maybe you won't like it, but you, you won't know until you try. And I always, whether I, so I definitely would say, um, is that first, the, take that first step into the journey and the path's going to lead you to down it and, and to just kind of keep a focus on it. And you'll determine, you'll, if you listen to your heart and your gut, you're going to determine whether it's right for you, but you're not going to know until you take that first step on the journey. Absolutely. Great final message. And Kay, I just want to take a second to acknowledge you. Thank you. And for one, thank you for coming on the show. I know I'm going to see you here shortly, which I'm excited. It's been a while. But for taking the time, I know you're busy. You've got a lot of other obligations. And like you said, you know, you need to take time for yourself. So I respect and appreciate your time coming on here. But you, you've shared a lot of great stuff. And I hope the listeners, seriously, if you didn't take notes during the show, to go back and re-listen. Because Kay shared some great business principles, um, things that will help you in your business. But more important, too, is she also shared some very personal things, which I want to thank you for, I mean, having the vulnerability um, to share those things because by you sharing that, you don't realize who that's helping and who that's touching and how much that information means. Like we talked about, someone doesn't feel alone. So I want to thank you for 
you know, sharing your life story. You have an amazing journey. <laughs> um, I had fun researching you and there's things I even learned about my own cousin. So it was awesome. And you've done amazing things. You're doing great things. You're doing it for the right purpose. Um, you have people that love you and respect you that work for you, which is amazing. I mean, it's, you're just doing so many great things. So I appreciate you coming on here, sharing those things. And I wanted to just acknowledge you for all the wonderful things you're doing and keep no, doing what you you're too, doing. Brian. Thank you so much awesome, for the invite. You bet. And everybody for listening, thanks so much for tuning in again. I love you guys. I appreciate you. And I wish you guys a brilliant life.